Hello everyone, my name's Luke and welcome to Scapegoat, the podcast where we see who gets the blame and who gets away with murder, sometimes literally. In this week's episode, we look at a story of contrasts. Masculine versus feminine. Rebels versus the establishment. We look into the story of two statues in New York City. The first being the famed bull statue on Wall Street. And staring at it from across the park with steely eyes. A statue of a fearless girl. The story of the fearless girl standing up to the bull has made international headlines ever since the statue was placed there earlier this year. Many people came out immediately supporting the statue of the fearless girl saying it was a great statue for women and very supportive to everyone across the planet. However, others strongly objected to this new statue. Was there a good reason behind this objection or was it simply a case of men not liking women taking up space? Well, in this week's episode, we're going to look at the fearless girl versus the bull. So to understand the story, I think it's important to understand the history of both statues. We'll start speaking about the older statue, the bull. And the history of the bull really goes back to October 1987, when there was a crash on the New York City Stock Exchange. This event caused the value of shares to collapse by almost one quarter of their previous value. This was devastating to the American economy and caused an immediate depression. The crash happened for different reasons, including Iran attacking US ships, but the main reason that it actually happened comes down to computerized stock trading. So computers have become more and more popular throughout the 1980s, and Wall Street picked up on the trend and decided, okay, we're going to get computers that will buy the microsecond certain numbers come up and sell the second other numbers come up. But as everyone was using the same numbers, all the computers decided to sell at one time. When people saw the computer selling, they thought, oh goodness, we need to sell too. So people just lost complete faith in the market and, you know, within a couple of days, it dropped by a quarter of the value. If people had just said, no, we believe in this and kept their money in, this wouldn't have happened. And this market activity had a profound effect on an Italian-born but U.S. naturalized artist called Arturo Di Morica. Di Morica decided he wanted to build a statue to represent how he felt about the stock market and to be a symbol towards a strong market prosperity. So he chose to build a statue of a bull. Now you might think, a bull? That's an awfully strange statue to build. But it actually comes down to the idea of bull and bear markets. So a bull market is when the market goes upwards, and a bear market was when the market goes downwards. So the reason that you say bull is because when a bull charges at you, it has its heads down, but the last second it raises its head and its horns to attack. So upwards motion, upwards market, good thing, bull market. Well, a bear, if it attacks you, it gets up to its like hind legs and it gets its paw and smashes down on you. So this downward motion is bad, bad markets. Personally, I prefer bears to bulls, even though I'm technically a toro. But uh, yeah, something tells me that partly bear markets are bad because Russia's the bear. Like, if they'd been slightly more on the nose when they were naming these things, they'd have said, the American eagle soars, so an eagle market is good, and bad Russian bear has rubles, and cannot afford his children tractor, oh no, bad Russian bear. So that's probably, you know, half the reason behind it. But Demotica built this bull, and he built it big. Demotica liked to go big, and he went full at it. He had an 11 feet tall statue, which is 16 feet long, much bigger than any bull that's ever been alive. Now he made it out of bronze, and this thing was a thing of beauty, weighing about three and a half tons. The statue had its head down, with its body twisted to one side, with its nostrils flared, 
and angry eyes. It looked like it was moments before it was about to charge at you. So it was a thing that looked like it had huge energy, what really is a beautiful statue. To Monica, it was a real passion project for him, and he spent two years and about $300,000 of working material to build it. But the Monica had two problems. His first problem was he didn't actually get anyone who wanted to buy it. He just decided, I will build it and I will sell it later. So he had this finished statue and he didn't know what to do with it. So he decided, hmm, you know what would be a good idea? Let's just drop this off at Wall Street. Let's make a completely gorilla art. So it's up to them to see what they do with it. But I'm just going to put this here with no license or no permits. The second problem he had was this thing weighed about 3.2 tons metric. So what was he, how was he going to transport it? It wasn't like he could put it in a wheelbarrow. He couldn't even put it in a regular like trailer. So he had to rent this really elaborate trailer and drive it through the streets of New York at about 3 in the morning. And he placed it outside Wall Street. Due to this, he was standing with this giant statue outside the New York Stock Exchange on Broad Street. And he had a bunch of leaflets. And as the dawn rose and people started walking to work, he started handing out flyers, being like really happy and being like, Hey, this is me and my bull. And, you know, he his flyers would describe it as a symbol of aggressive financial optimism and prosperity. It was something energetic and powerful that would like lead the charge into increasing economic fortunes. And, you know, he was very happy with this. And the people around him also seemed happy. People were like, actually, this is a beautiful statue and this goes really well. We like the idea of a bull market, you know. I like the real meaning behind this. And even Wall Street bankers who were walking past were impressed and said, yeah, this is pretty legit. We love this. However, city officials were soon called to remove the statue because he didn't have a permit. He couldn't put it there. The statue wasn't allowed to stay. So the New York cops turned up and they impounded the statue. So it was only there for about six hours. But when it was removed, there was a huge outcry from New Yorkers. There was a majority sentiment amongst them that the statue should have been allowed to stay. And people started getting onto the Parks and Rec uh, Department of the New York City Council and said, no, we should be allowed to keep this bull in New York. This is important for us. We want this. And the New York Post, even like the day it was removed, released a headline saying, bah humbug, and said the city council was against the Christmas spirit for stealing New York's prized bull. So after this outcry went for about a week, the New York City Council thought, what will we do? What will we do? So they contacted Demotica and they came up with a compromise. They were going to install the statue at Bowling Green, which is about two streets away from Broad Street where the stock exchange is, but it's still like in the middle of Wall Street area. So they thought, okay, this is a good compromise. We'll install it here as a temporary exhibit so people will stop being mad at us. But when they installed it, they didn't exactly come up with a date when they were planning to remove it. It was just temporary. But as the bull became more and more popular and people took photos and people travelled from all over just to take pictures of the bull, you know, the question of when we removed it slowly started to slip from their minds. And, you know, the longer it stayed there, the more permanent it seemed. But about 1993, DeMonica realized he had built the bull, it had cost him $300,000, and he had never got paid for it. And he was running out of money, so he was like, okay, New York City, please buy my bull. And they said, no, New York City doesn't buy artwork, we are gifted artwork. Would you like to give us this artwork for free? DeMonica thought about it and said, no, no, I want someone to buy this. I spend so much time and effort, someone needs to buy this. So he decided to put it up for auction. 
The leading bid came from a Las Vegas hotel. He just wanted to buy it. Demonica thought mm, this would be a good way to recoup his money, but he felt really bad about the idea of moving the statue, which was so intrinsically New York, out of the city. So at the last minute, he reneged on the deal, letting the statue stay in New York. But, you know, he still seemed to want to find a way to make money from the statue, so in 2004, a decade later, he tried to sell the statue again, this time for $5 million minimum, but he added a proviso that the statue needed to stay in New York. Again, no one really tried to buy it in New York because there was little fear it would be moved, so if he added the proviso it had to stay in New York, why would you pay for a statue to stay in the same place that it was before? People, no one offered him money, and generally, you know, he was just like, oh, I want to sell this statue so bad, but no one's offering me anything. Demonica just, he began to get a bit more lucky with his art because the bull outside the stock exchange became such an iconic statue that other cities around the world began to build like bulls in their financial sector. And the Chinese government decided to hire Demotica to build a bull outside the Shanghai Stock Exchange. So he'd have got paid. But the Chinese naturally said, we want our bull to be bigger than New York bull. We want it to be younger. We want it to be meaner. We want it to be tougher. So it didn't exactly copy his original design. But he built a second bull, the Bond bull. So finally, his bull design started to get paid. But he never managed to sell his New York bull. New York citizens loved this bull. They all clambered around it and they would start to say, you know, take pictures. And it was a major part of the city and its culture, especially around the financial district. But the image of the bull started to get tainted because Wall Street types began to go up to the bull and grab the bull from behind on the balls, as they believed this would grant them a greater chance of financial prosperity and better markets. So all these Wall Street types went up and they started like to rub the bull's balls. And people began to say, oh, this is just about greed. And, you know, the meaning behind the bull began to get a bit tainted. And the taint also began to change a bit around later when there was the Occupy movement in Occupy Wall Street. Because the Occupy Wall Street people, they knew the bull was a massive symbol. So they began to like stage a lot of photo opportunities around it and do it like as it was an opposing figure. So the bull again started to become the bad guys with like iconic photos from the movement being like a ballet dancer standing on top of the bull. So again, people began to think, you know, hmm, the bull isn't good and Demotica's vision is just not being followed. You know, he said, this is one thing, but people are saying, no, your bull's the other. So it's a case of, you know, once you make art, you can say this is what it means, but other people can say, no, no, this isn't what it means. So, you know, that's the odd thing about art. Now, myself, what I thought about the bull before I researched this was I had seen the bull in textbooks, you know, when I was going to high school and I'd seen it and I'd heard about the Wall Street types rubbing it and I kind of felt it was pretty creepy. So I never really had a strong affection for it. But looking at the statue objectively and what Demonica said, I think it, it's a good statue. But you know, once you start getting people doing creepy stuff like rubbing it, I'm just not pushed on it anymore. The statue was later joined by a second statue. So the day before International Women's Day in 2017, which International Women's Day is March 8th, another statue began to be placed in Bowling Green. And it took six hours for it to be installed. And they widened the pavements around it to put it there to face the bull. Now this opposing statue was one of a seven-year-old Latina girl. Like the bull, she's slightly oversized at about 50 inches tall. 
The girl has her hands on her hips, her head up high, and stares the bull directly in the eye. She kind of has a expression of, like, confidence on her face. I've heard different people describe it as, like, you know, oh, you know, she's a bit smug, or oh, she's proud. But I would just say it's, like, quiet confidence. If you imagine that the bull is a big animal, but in contrast, you've got this little girl who doesn't appear scared at all. It looks like, you know, if you're a betting man, you'd look at the bull charging towards the girl and you say, the bull's going to hit the girl. There's something about the girl that you kind of feel that she's going to go all Matrix on the bull. She's going to do like a backflip that she knows what's going on. So a lot of people say, wow, she's absolutely fearless. She does not care. She is going to nail this bull. And the statue was designed by a South American artist called Kirsten Visbal. Unlike the bull, which was guerrilla art, which was placed without a permit, this statue was placed with agreement to the city. That's exactly why they were allowed to spend six hours installing it and widen the area around it. And it had a permit to be there for one week. So it was just supposed to be an International Women's Day. Look at the statue of the fearless girl facing off against the bull. But there were soon a lot of people said, you know, we really want to see the statue, but we won't be here this week. So they said, okay. We'll extend it for a month so people can come out and look at this fearless girl for one month. Then after one month, people will start being like, okay, we still want to see this. So Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, came out and said, okay, it will be here until International Women's Day 2018. People st soon started putting up petitions saying, like, we want the girl to stay. And there's thousands of signatures of people saying, no, the girl needs to stay. This statue is really important because it's good to show, like, a girl being fearless and to show, like, you know, what girls can do and, like, girl power. Like, this is pro-feminism. This is a wonderful statue. We need to keep it. So if you think about that, hey, like, it's a nice picture, statue of a little girl and, you know, she's facing up to adversity. Where's the controversy that I was talking about earlier? Well, the Fearless Girl is a bit of a controversial character, first because it was commissioned as an advertisement by State Street Global Advisors. The statue has a plaque beside it which says, Know the power of women in leadership. She makes a difference. And you think, hmm, that sounds good, yeah? But the she is spelt in capital letters, and the capital letters she actually represents the stock ticker and the SSGA's Gender Diversity Index which is an index designed to include stocks and shares of companies with female leaders in their top ranks. Again, not bad, but people say this is an advertisement versus street art. You wouldn't go up to a Banksy and even if you're advertising something good, you wouldn't write on top of that. And many objected the advertisement because it kind of incorporated Demotica's statue. Demotica asked for the statue of the girl to be removed as he says it exploits his artwork makes the bull seem like it's a bad guy ready to charge down a little girl. When he had built it, it was supposed to be like a positive thing just to show the energy of the market and it was supposed to be an upward force. And then suddenly it looks like, you know, he's going to run down a little girl. I mean, that isn't what he wanted. He thought like this has changed it to be a perception of negativity and fear. And it was done purely for commercial reasons. It was done as an advertisement. Don't like take away my product and make it bad just because you're advertising something. Demotica sued the city once they said it was there for a year because he said it was violating his rights, it was changing the meaning of his art, and the little girl was completely derivative. It only gained power because it was matched with the bull. He argued that if the little girl was not facing the bull, if you put it one park across the way, it was just a statue of a girl looking kind of confident with her hand on her hips. Still a nice statue, but 
not exactly, you know, a game changer. People would say, oh, confident girl. But do you really need the bull being there for it to become her fearless, for an opposition to appear? And he said, don't make my statue that. Remove the girl. But since that, since he did that in April, there's been no real developments of it. It hasn't been thrown out of court, but it just hasn't moved forward. But after DeMonica made the statement trying to remove the girl, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio tweeted, Men who do not like women taking up space are exactly why we need the fearless girl. And a lot of other people agreed and said, Look, your statue is not really as important as the message of, like, a girl can do everything. You should just let people <laughs> to use your statue because it's for a greater good. Other peoples began to, like, object to this, saying, you cannot reclassify or recontext a piece of art because this is a really bad idea if you can start doing this. So other artists began to recontextualize the statues again by adding a third statue in its place. For instance, someone added a statue of a little dog peeing on the fearless girl's legs, pretty much ridiculing the statue that way. But unlike the first two statues, because the statue of the bull, beautiful bronze statue, the statue of a girl, Again, made of bronze, beautiful statue. The girl, the, the statue of the dog being on the leg was made out of clay. And it wasn't actually that nice of a statue. And people just didn't like it and they kicked it apart. So the statue was removed within a couple of hours. I mean, I can kind of get that because if you want to do a serious objection art, if they made it out of bronze and they'd put it there, maybe it could have been permanent. But, you know, they didn't put in the effort. At least the statue of the bull and the girl have efforts, so that quickly fell apart. And there was a great article by Reductress, if you know that website, which claimed that there was a statue being designed of a devil's advocate boy, which would be a young boy to stand beside the girl with his hands on his hips, his shoulders slightly shrugged, his head cocked to the side, as if he's saying, Don't get me wrong. Not that I personally think that, but, or, I'm just saying... And I truly believed when I was researching this that this statue was being built and I was trying to find pictures of it until I finally realized Reductorist was a parody website and I am truly a foolish person. So, yeah, it's funny, but <laughs> sometimes when you're researching, humor can go above your head. There's also been criticism of the statue by women who complain that it's part of what they've called Wall Street feminism. In The Guardian, Cara Marsh Schaefer said... Feminism is about human decency, not moulding young girls in the image of a banking industry that bets against us, shorts us, then receives government bailout money. She went on to say that the way hedge fund management works is if a woman gets to the top, they tend to kick down the ladder from beneath. They don't tend to help other women climb the ladder of corporate management. And she said, we need more women who fight the problems on Wall Street rather than advertising ploys being embraced by them. She said, look, it would be far better if we get women and, you know, they slowly climb the ladders and they help each other and they get up to the top ranks. They're there by merit and they've got a support system. And others came out and wrote similar articles, such as Slate, Huffington Post, the Chicago Tribune, all echoed their feelings. And the Chicago Tribune recently released an article which compared the statue to Harvey Weinstein feminism. This is after the Harvey Weinstein scandal, because it said the statue pays lip service to feminism, wanting more women at the table, but would not actually actively act to help women get the seat. And says this is like Harvey Weinstein because, you know, 
Harvey Weinstein would always say, oh, I'm pro-woman and I want more women directors in Hollywood. He wouldn't actually help them get the place and like would insidiously act behind their back. I don't really want to go too much into what he did, but you know, they're saying the same as this. It's all mouth saying, yes, we want to help women, but when it actually comes to the act of helping, they won't help. Now, a final charge which has really come up against State Street has been that since October 2017, there has been a review and it's come out that they've been underpaying their female and black executives and must pay a $5 million fine. Making matters worse, when this was revealed, it was revealed that of their leadership team, which is 28 people, only five of them were women and only one of the women was a person of colour. So for this being a diversity index to help women and minorities, it actually turned out that it's mostly led led by males and it's got very few people of colour. Now, this is particularly bad because the industry average on the executive positions is 29% women. In the case of State Street, they're below this average. But other people would argue that if you look at their board of directors, on the board there are 11 people, three of them are women, which is higher than the industry average. Different people will argue different statistics about this, but if you're arguing that you are the ones in charge of gender diversity and you're pro-gender diversity, you should really be trying to lead all lists and executives and board members in equal pay and everything. You know, you should be top of there. You should be unquestionable. And they've really kind of let themselves down a bit by doing that. And The Guardian, when they were reporting this, also reported State Street's the owners of the statue. They would often use their power on other corporate boards to vote against companies when they invested in revealing the extent of gender equality within them. There's been a trend throughout like different companies to say, we're going to release a report and say how much the women are paid, how much the men are paid on average, so people can look and say, look, is the gender pay gap a real thing? How much is it in these companies? Are women underrepresented? State Street's kind of always voted against these bills. When companies such as American Express or eBay said, we really want to just show people and open up the doors so people can see, is our company gender equal? They voted against it. They used their shares on the board to say no, and they actually stopped this being revealed. They actually have voted twice to reveal this, but out of all the many times, of the hundreds of times they voted against this bill, they voted for it twice, which isn't great for a company which is claiming, we are pro-women, we love women, we love minorities. If you are, you would vote for this legislation. Now, I want to note one thing. I mentioned earlier that there was a plaque on the statue about she makes a difference. This was removed in March. So the advertisement aspect of the statue was changed a bit. It wasn't such a blatant advertisement after March, but people still objected saying it was originally an advertisement. But it's just important to note that that aspect was removed. I'm just going to talk about certain questions about this and say how I feel. And I would like to hear how you feel if you'd get in contact with me after this. But I just want to reveal something because if, if you've been following Scapegoat on like Twitter or in the Discord, you knew that I said that I would have a female guest on this episode to kind of like help me kind of go through this. So I contacted a feminist friend of mine's and said, you know, would she come in? Would she do this with me just so I would have a more kind of balanced opinion because... I come of a very kind of masculine point of view on this and I kind of felt that she would be able to help me and at least show, you know, a different perspective. So we recorded that episode last Saturday and, you know, it was a great episode. That episode lasted about twice as long as this is probably going to last. The problem is that I live in Ireland 
She lives in the United States and she sent me the audio that she recorded and unfortunately the audio that she sent me was a bit scrambled and when I tried to get you know the quality of the audio back up I just couldn't. Do you know if you're running a podcast and you're trying to make it professional you can't really use bad audio so I spoke to her and she said you know scrap it just make it a single episode. I offered her to come back on and re-record but she didn't have the time so there is a version of this where we do have a female co-host but uh, unfortunately not this day. So if you've been listening to this and thought this is just a man talking about this I've tried but unfortunately it didn't work out this time so I'm going to describe this things but I might refer to what my friend said in the original recording here and say this is another opinion. Just as a thought, if anyone here is really good at like removing static from audio, would you please give me a contact because if you could be able to like remove the static, I will release the version of me and her having a conversation. I'll release that as a second episode. I'll put it up on YouTube or even on this here just to let people hear more of the opinion. But just to put that out there, just to let everyone know what happened in the recording process. Okay, we'll go on to these questions all about what should be done with these statues. So you can see the controversy and I'll tell you my opinion. So I've written down some questions. I'll read the question and I'll tell you what I think. Does placing the statue recontextualize the bull? So does placing the statue of the girl make the bull the bad guy? And I think overwhelmingly I would have to say yes. The placing of the statue of the little girl makes the bull a bad guy. Now you can take a picture of the bull and the little girl doesn't have to be there because they are about five, six meters or about, you know, 20 feet apart. You could take a picture of one without the other quite easily. I think forever because the little girl is standing up to the bull, when people think of the bull now, they will think of the little girl standing against him. So I think a lot of the idea of the bull has been recontextualized. But also, I think if you were looking at the way the history went, Demodica wanted this as a big positive monument thing, but it slowly began to change over time. It wasn't just the little girl. A lot of different Wall Street types were like grabbing the bull by the balls, and that's pretty gross. I mean, I know it's a bit, a bit of fun, but like, it doesn't really make me think, yay, I want to hang around this cool statue. You know, it's just like, nah, nah, the statue probably isn't for me. <laughs> you know, that's one thing. Occupy movement made a big, like, capitals greedy statue. So Demotica, he was trying to make the statue something pure. And, you know, if people said something mean about the bull, like if Le there was a book about Lehman Brothers doing bad things, they had a picture of the bull and he sued them saying, no, don't make my bull look bad. But, you know, I think it was out of his control. Once you have a piece of art and you create it, you have your original intentions and, you know, other people can have their intentions. Like, I intend this is a neutral enough thing, you know, where I'm discussing both sides of the issue. This podcast could be used by someone without me really knowing and recontextualized to make me look like a jerk if I'm describing the issue one way or another. So, you know, you have to take that as a risk. If you put something out there, it can be recontextualized. And the next question I've written is, what should be done about it? I think that the girl derives a lot of power from the bull and I think a lot of young women derive a lot of power from the girl statue. I think there's like a lack of female statues throughout New York. I know there's the Statue of Liberty, the big statue people think of is of a woman. But if you look at somewhere like Central Park, there's only like 13 statue of dudes and one statue of Alice in Wonderland who isn't really a real person. 
I mean, I think it's I think it's nice to have it here, and I don't think the Wall Street bull is as important. I think it's like nice to have as kind of like, hey, good markets, good times, good fun. But I think that what she represents is probably more important to that. So I would have a preference that the girl statue would at least stay there. And the next question I ask then is, is it a problem that Neefer's statue is owned by New York City? And I think this is a major problem because you've got one statue which is owned by an advertising firm and you've got the other statue which is owned by Demotica. I think Demotica wouldn't be as upset if he had stole the statue in 1993. If he got money and was out of his hands, I think he would be probably a bit annoyed, but you can kind of see why he's ultra annoyed about this, because this is something he's been trying to sell or make money off, and he created it as a thing of passion, and then suddenly someone turns up and they completely like make his bull the bad guy. Now, if he tried to sell the bull or he decided to do something with it, it's probably devalued what he has. I mean, even if you move the girl away and you like moved it away for 10 years, I think it's done damage to the image of the statue. So as an artist who owns it, as a proprietor, I can totally see that this being a problem that it isn't owned by New York. I would say if New York City would simply say, okay, either gift us the statues or we will buy them. We will get the money and we will buy these statues because they're bringing people into the area and we can probably say via tourist money and all this sort of stuff that this is a draw enough that we will pay $5 million for each statue or we'll pay the demotica for this, we'll ask the advertising firm for this, and it will give them good publicity. I would say if they were owned, it would be less problematic. That You know, I feel very sorry for demotica because he built this as a passion thing that's been taken away, but, you know, if it was bought off him, I wouldn't feel as bad for him. Okay, next question I've written down is, should demotica move his statue if the fearless girl is allowed to stay? So the fearless girl is allowed to stay until International Women's Day, which is March 2018. Demotica has threatened he will move the bull statue away. And I think he's completely within his rights. I think the little girl gains power. I think it's a good symbol. But Demotica, if he wants to move the bull, he should be allowed to move his statue. He owns it. If he could make an agreement to move it to another borough in New York, or even make an agreement to move it to a park one street across, I think he'd be totally allowed to do that on his own. Because, you know, it's his statue, he can do what he wants. I think that, you know, if they could reach some sort of agreement about the girl and him, that would be great. But it's completely up to Demotica, and I think he should be allowed to. I would have a preference that it would stay, but hey, it's completely up to Demotica. He built it, his money went into it. If he wants to move it, if he wants to move it out to Jersey, if he wants to move it to Jerusalem, if he wants to move it to Johannesburg, it's completely up to him and he should be allowed to do what he wants because it is his statue. Is there a way the statue could be parted but to keep the girl's meaning? When I was talking to my feminist friend when we were recording this episode earlier, she said it was intrinsic that the bull, as it was a very masculine symbol because you know bulls are male cows, and the little girl, because of the gendered aspects of this, that it was important to keep the statues together because the girl would lose pretty much all its power if it was gone, that it's she saw it as like one giant piece of art together now, that they were inseparable. The girl's cast in a similar style of the bull, that, you know, they're supposed to complement each other, that if it was moved, it would lose its power. And I completely do not agree with that point. I think the little girl could go on tour. 
I think that she could either stay where she is or move to different places and she would still have power. I think where she gets her power is what is in front of her. So she's in front of a bull, she's defiant in front of that. If the bull was moved over, they could commission another artist to build another bull, an identical bull to put in front of her. And, you know, Demotica would have his bull, she'd have her own. Or you could have people moving temporary art pieces in front of her commissioned for like a period of time. So we'll put out something that she's opposing for six months made by one female artist. And another artist will put in something for six months and another. So it's just like things that women oppose. So you could have a model of the White House to say, girls against Trump. Or you could have a model of like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something to say, we want more representative in the music industry or whatever. I think you could have the fearless girl facing off against other things. And I think it could still be extremely powerful. And I think it could be more powerful if you did that. The other option I was thinking is, as I said earlier, move the girl on tour, leave the bull there, but the girl gets to move somewhere each year before International Women's Day, and that will be the issue that the women are challenging. If the girl one year was put outside the stock exchange, and they had a stock ticker beside her saying, like, there are seven female executives at Microsoft, and you could see it going up or down for the rest of the year, you'd say, okay, these are the pro-female companies, this is the anti-female company index, and you could look at it like that. And then the next year you could move it out to, like, I don't know, somewhere else that you feel that women need more representation. And I feel that you could do that, move the statue around to challenge stuff, or keep it there and move stuff in front of it. I don't think that if they're parted, either will really lose. I kind of feel the bull's lost a bit because it's been tainted. But in saying that, I think it might be tainted for about 10 years. But, you know, if the girl moved off and did her own thing and she became her own character where she was challenging things, the bull's reputation would move quicker. If it's always the girl versus the bull, the bull is masked. But if it becomes the girl versus something else, I think the bull could reclaim its valor slightly later down the road. So I think that could be interesting. Next question I've written is, should a third statue be allowed to enter the mix? Now, this is really complicated because the girl moved in and stole the bull's valor and made him look like he was a bad guy and she was a good guy. Would it be okay if the third statue moved in? Now, there are some silly things you could do and it would immediately make the girl look like the bad guy. Like, if you had some weird dude who loved aliens, like a David Icke type, he could build a statue of, like, a lizard person putting its hand on the sh little girl's shoulder, being like, I controlled you, new world order, and would make the bull look like it's the good guy willing to charge down evil lizard people to save the world. You could do that. And that would be funny and crazy, but, you know, again, I don't think you should probably allow that. The question that would really come into my mind is that the girl takes the bull's valor because people deem it as a kind of like women as a needy group, people who need more representation, people who need good things to happen for them. And I would look at this and I would say that if another group who were more needy than women, like another minority group came in, they could potentially argue, using the same logic that the fearless girls put there, that their statue should be there and could change the context of both the bull and the little girl again. And I don't want to describe what these could be, but like, imagine if you had something like a little autistic boy in a wheelchair. You could put that in the middle of the girl and the bull in such a way, which makes it look like 
the girl has flung the boy towards the bull as a kind of like, I, you're my decoy when I run away or whatever. You know, you could do that and that would make the girl look terrible, make people feel sorry for the boy in the wheelchair. So I would just be super careful that all these things kind of corrupt the meaning of the statue. And I think that would be bad for the fearless girl. But she kind of has led to the position that if you're editing other people's arts, then other people can edit your art. And I think this is a bit of a dangerous position. I think because the girl was allowed to affect the bull, other people should be allowed to correct this. Part of me thinks that either it should be all or none. So if this was allowed to be placed against the bull, other artists should be allowed to place stuff amongst it. You could have a third statue and a fourth statue and a fifth statue and a sixth statue until it's a circle of, other animals or, or like creatures or people all recontextualizing the scene till it became like a picture like Guernica by Picasso just explaining like a giant scene thing or none where pretty much you say just leave the ball alone recontextualizing people's art as it's come down to the Supreme Court is an unfair thing don't do it this is where my problem comes that Part of me, I like the idea of the girl statue, but if you're really thinking about this straight objectively, you shouldn't be allowed to affect other people's art. I think the best way this could have turned out, this is just saying, the best way this could have turned out, in my mind, would have been if the advertising firm had contacted Demotica when they were building the little girl statue, and they'd asked him about it, and they maybe had gotten his agreement, because he believes the bull is all this powerful, but you never know of artists. If he had been contacted and they said, we want to place this little girl, if he had been allowed to like add something to the statue or make the statue himself or do something, maybe it wouldn't have been so bad. He would say, okay, I agree. Little girls need help and all this sort of stuff. That if he had been commissioned, he might have been able to add something to the statue that would have like changed things up and made things like better. That he'd say, okay, I've given the little girl... Her dress is now one of these of the Italian flag, so now I'm cool with it. Or she's wearing Italian braces, or you know something like that. He'd be like, okay, now that I've put my own touch on the statue, I'm cool with it. I think that's the professional thing. If you are going to edit someone else's work, you should contact the original artist. I think that probably would have solved this problem. Again, getting back, shouldn't other statues be allowed to enter the mix? Honestly, no. I think the girl's kind of almost a special case because. It's temporary. Maybe she should be allowed to stay. Maybe she shouldn't. But it's very confusing. I'm, I'm, I find it hard to draw a line because I can see the girl causing an awful lot of good. But I can also see the argument that, hey, she's stolen his work and she's changed it. So other people can do that to her. If we do this and you can say any needy group can change other people's art. I mean, what stops people going into the Louvre and saying, okay, this is the statue of David represents a Jew but I'm from a group of Armenians and Armenians have been discriminated against so I can get the statue of David and spray paint Armenians rule because you know it will make us feel better than the Jews or something you can get into real messy areas here so I don't think you should be allowed to do this thinking about it thinking about the logicness I don't think you should have been allowed to do this yeah that's pretty much where I come from should the little girl be allowed to stay? I came in saying yes. But the more I think about it just from the artistic perspective, I think no. I think that I like the idea of her traveling around and being a symbol far more 
then I like the idea of her remaining with the bull if it recontextualizes art. But I'd love to hear what you guys think, because this is quite a complex issue, as you can imagine. That when I was speaking with my uh, female co-get host on the other episode, I went for the artist and she went for the girl. And it was very interesting, but unfortunately, that conversation can't be accessed. But let me hear what you think. So contact us at our Discord, that you can find that up on Twitter. Or contact me at scapegoatpodcast at uh, gmail.com. Or contact us on Twitter at, at scapegoatpod. That's it. Uh, yeah, I would just like to just do a couple of plugs and advertisements before we finish. Again, I would like to advertise Beggar's Belief. So Beggar's Belief, last time we were telling you, how is a great company which helps people get money for their podcasts via investing. But, you know, it isn't the exact same way as something like Patreon where you give money. This more involves crazy schemes to make money fast and loose and it will be given to me the podcaster now unfortunately last week we said that you could trade in pets for like a couple of hours and people would use them for scams to make money unfortunately a girl called chloe from minnesota she has lost her poodle so yeah we're not doing that anymore but this is what we are doing this week what we want you to do is you go to Beggar's Belief, and it's not .com as a lot of people thought. It's .tswizzle. So it's the first domain which is sponsored by Taylor Swift. So it's .tswizzle. So .tswizzle. You look that up, that you will find one of the schemes. One of the ones I'm really into this month is basically you look in your bathroom, you find any old soap or cosmetics, and they'll come around with a truck, and they will sell them to hotels. Your old soap They'll put them in hotels and pretend it's new and we'll get money and the hotel will pay for it and everything will be great. So you don't have to give me money. Just give these people your old soap and everything will be great. Cool. Okay. So that is a real advertisement for a real company and this is definitely not a joke or a bit that I'm doing to try and make the episode slightly longer. But okay. As you know, the number one thing as a podcaster isn't to make good content, it's to make the most money. And I've seen not another fake newscast, disaster artists, those conspiracy guys, they're all starting these Patreons. Being the scapegoat army that you are, you want me to beat them, so please sponsor us at T-Swizzle so I can beat these guys and I can go onto their discords and make fun of them and generally give them abuse and be like, haha, I make some pennies more than you. And then I can spend it all on illicit stuff, which, you know, will be pretty terrible for me and not help my podcast in any way, shape, or form. I'm not going to spend it on mics. I'm going to spend all the money on, like, noise recording equipment to annoy my neighbors, which will be pretty cool. Speaking of annoying people, I would just like to recommend that people go listen to Not Another Fake Newscast. Their last episode on gun control is unreal. It's absolutely great. Great episode, guys. Uh, yep. I saw like they got a bit of hassle from different people on uh, Facebook who hadn't actually listened to the episode. But please, go out and listen to that episode. That's my recommendation for this month. It is a great episode. So if you have never listened to them, it's Paul and Jerry, two guys from Scotland. They do a great episode. So please listen to that. So apart from that, this is this episode over. I've been Luke. I'll check you later. Bye-bye.